The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in, you sleepy heads. It's Friday, November 24th here, day after Thanksgiving, on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I'm joined, as always, by Matthew. Dude, you probably just won everything in the Thanksgiving slate bets. I can't imagine anything else. Like that's got to be the most logical outcome that takes place uh, here on what was that Thanksgiving on Thursday? I don't even know what day it is anymore, Kyle. We've got so much football in our life. We had the three game slate yesterday. We've got a Black Friday game later today. Tim Boyle taking the field, and uh, oh by the way, we have a full main slate ahead of us on Sunday. And 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 Kyle, we also got Monday Night Football this week. So like, is there anything else to do in life at this point other than watch football? I, I'm excited about Sunday night. Ravens, Chargers, like those are two of our teams. That's that, going to be great. You already know the outcome of that game. But I mean, come on, it's Chargers blowing it. But it'll be super fun. Just to kind of give you a heads up of where things are at for Bets and I for this podcast, for our company, we are in the midst of the busiest week of the year for us. Like by far, Bets and I have to cram, I don't know, five days worth of work into two and a half days just to make sure that everything stays on point. So on this podcast, we will talk about the main slate because we just finished the Thanksgiving Day uh, three-game slate, all the content we got out early. And if you haven't done so, which, I mean, imagine going to Thanksgiving and not having a conversation with your loved ones about the Megalodon episode. It is a joy. It is something that we put a lot of time and energy cramming three episodes. I was explaining to my son, like, hey, Think of the biggest episode ever, ever, ever. And uh, we just did it. <laughs> I didn't get the reaction from him. He's just like, oh, cool. Um, that's but, cool, Dad. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's that's fun that you do that. Pod- I, you do that podcast thing all the time upstairs. So um, not in the basement, though. Not in my mother's basement, people. Well, I mean, Bets, Bets and I, we've gotten to a place now where we don't even have to do that anymore. No, We've upgraded, dude. I mean, I got my own office, man. I mean, I'm just living the the high life here these days at uh, at La Casa de Bets. But um, yeah, man, the Megalodon is just every year a pinnacle, I think, of the season. It's like, what kind of sick individuals record a two and a half hour podcast <laughs> and cover everything for the week in basically one show, right? I mean, you take out waivers, you take out the recap from the week before, but it's literally everything you need to know. And what's funny about that is... You know, I still listen to every episode, even though I work for our company. But um, a couple of years ago, I remember like, and Jason brought this up. He's like, yeah, sometimes you got to sneak away to the bathroom just to catch a few minutes here and there. And I literally was doing that <laughs> over the course of time over the last few years uh, at Thanksgiving. So I am one of you, Foot Clan. I am I'm fully in it with you. But yeah, my Megalodon super fun and uh, a great week of football, like I said, here ahead of us. I'm a shell of a human being because every year putting together that episode and this episode is just a lot. So um, be gracious about some of the picks in the DFS pass because Betts and I had to work overtime, but our FanDuel picks, DraftKings picks for the main slate, and our best plays will be out on Saturday in the midst of a busy week for family stuff. Um, I'm traveling to North Carolina for part of the weekend. 
So we're busy, but you can get all of that at DFSPass.com. If you want to join us, uh, use the promo code DFSPOD if you want to save on our stupid, stupid low price. But let's talk cash. Straight cash, homie. So normally, Betts and I have a Tuesday episode where we get to give the lay of the land of the slate. Like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the games to look at. We talk about the implied totals. Um, We're kind of behind the eight ball because I think most people are focusing on the Thanksgiving slate, but we have some great games. We'll get to preview some of those. So um, I think this week, we're just going to go straight into our cash picks, talk about the quarterbacks we like, you know, work our way down. And then we'll get to the games and maybe give some more slate context for the game. But once again, we're recording this early because it's the only way to do it before Thanksgiving. We want to make sure that you have this. So if if news changes, if you're like, hey, why are they talking about this player and this player, you know, just retired and, you know, why are they mentioning him? Then that's what happens. But at quarterback, there's kind of two routes. Like you can pay up for the Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen uh, experience because those two teams are playing each other or pay down for the cheapies that are also playing each other. Baker Mayfield at 5.5 or Betts' favorite player, Gardner Minshew at 5.1, who we rode with in cash. So early in the week, do you have a lean based on roster construction? So we're going to get to running backs here in a second. Um, I like this spot for Rashad White. We talked a ton about him with Mike on the Dynasty show. So if you want some more context around him, that's a great place to go. Runner. But he's a butt runner. Like he's he's not the best runner of the football. But in DFS, we care about opportunities per dollar. And I'll bring it back to the quarterbacks here in a second. But this is my way of saying you can run on Indy and we know he'll catch the football. So I find myself wanting to play Rashad White in cash. And if I do that, I'm certainly not playing Baker. So I don't think I'm considering Baker on the slate for cash games. When you talk about that game environment, you know, Gardner's interesting just because of the pass funnel defense that Tampa Bay has been over the last six weeks. They are dead last in EPA per pass attempt defensively. And everyone's been getting there except for Will Levis, basically. So uh, he's interesting. The issue that I have, though, is I don't think that's what they want to be. Like since Jonathan Taylor has gotten back and ramped up, uh, they have, uh, you know, really gone more run heavy than pass heavy so you have this kind of philosophy of like do they go with what the match matchup dictates or do they just do what they do which is limit uh gardner's pass attempts i think some of that concern is baked into price right 5100 you know this is what we talk about these cheap guys is like can he give you 16 17 ish points and in cash games that might be good enough now the tricky thing is and i want to get your take on this is what do you see the ceiling outcome here for josh allen and jalen hurts because that game environment looks awesome and if one of those guys smashes this is what we talk about. You could get buried if the field plays him in cash. So where are you at with like Gardner versus those elite options? I feel like paying up for quarterback makes sense because the running backs are relatively inexpensive that we like. They're in the 6K range. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of guys that are fine in the 5K range too. So I feel like we're not paying up for a CMC on this slate. And therefore, like I can get up to Jalen Hurts and Allen. And I think a 30 point game feels very much in play. Um, we said the same thing though on Monday night and what Jalen Hurts threw for 150 Mahomes like this, they didn't get there. So it's 2023 DFS where hitting the unders feels like the safer bet. And so saving at quarterback makes sense. Like Baker in dome games this year, two, three and two passing touchdowns. If you knew you were going to get 250 and two from Baker 
at 5.5. I think that's great. The thing about Gardner is I think they want to lean on the run, like you mentioned, and he sometimes just implodes. He's tied with Desmond Ritter for the highest percentage of plays deemed turnover worthy. And that that just, like, they could get to the point in that game where they're two and a half point favorites where they just run the ball. So I I kind of like Baker a little bit more. And the Bucs uh, blitz at one of the highest rates in football too. So we've seen those games from Gardner, right? So I'm a little hesitant on Gardner. I get it. It's just a matter of, like you said, kind of what you want to do. Would you play Baker with uh, Rashad White? Um, I'd have to figure out my salary constructions because like I, then I'm basically saying I want pieces from the Buffalo Philadelphia game. Like I'm paying up for AJ Brown or Diggs, um, in cash. So I, I think it can work. I mean, Colts games, we'll talk about it, but like they, they go off and they go off at home. So that's what we like. I think my, my preference though is to play Rashad white in cash and pay up for one of Hertz or Allen and, the fact that Allen's a little bit cheaper and you, I mean, how many pass attempts are you going to project for Josh Allen? 40 plus. I mean, you can't really project that from a meeting outcome standpoint, but 35 plus feels pretty safe considering Philly has faced the highest pass rate in the league this year. Now on Monday night, we did not see that from Mahomes. However, it was some rain in the game. It was a little windy. Like maybe that had a, an issue with it. Um, also, Isaiah Pacheco was just gashing the Philly run defense. Like, what was right. that about? So kind of a weird thing. So we have a large sample of you being able to throw on Philly and do it very well. And we saw in their first game without their OC, the offense just looked more fluent, I thought, you know, against the Jets. Much more motion, a lot of stuff over the middle of the field where Philly gets burned over and over again. Um, so I really like the spot for Josh Allen. It's one of the better game environments on the slate. So I'm with you as far as spending up there. Uh, those guys look awesome. And, and if you're playing tournaments, I mean, I'll have exposure to both those guys this week. Yeah, right now, as of this recording, I think I lean Allen just because you soak up so much of the offense, you get a ton of passing volume. On FanDuel, I like Jalen Hurts' tag. He's cheaper at 8.8. Baker is 6.8. I wrote them both up in my cash picks for my FanDuel, if you want to look that up. And then, can we just mention Jameis Winston? Because he's fun. Yeah, we we're still waiting for news. And, you know, obviously by the time Friday gets here, we'll get a final designation on Derek Carr, who as of our recording remains in concussion protocol. And that's what this is about is if he does not start and it is Jameis Winston, Winston is 4,900 on DraftKings. And to me, that would be a very strong play. I'd prefer him over Gardner. I'd prefer him over Baker for the salary savings taking on uh, the Falcons. At running back, we mentioned Rashad White. His price tag just remains low. 6.1 against Indianapolis, who... You know, they've allowed the third most rushing touchdowns. It just feels like a safe median outcome. He's on pace for 70 receptions. So that type of work is fine. I hate betting on a player that I don't believe in the talent, but the price tag says you can play him. And then I'm just going to say it. Derrick Henry needs to be reckoned with on this slate. And usually we've kind of just ignored them. And the way that you can ignore the Titans is, are they going to win? Because in losses this year, Derrick Henry is irrelevant to fantasy. But in their wins, and they haven't won very much, he's averaging over 100 rushing yards. So Derrick Henry at home against the Panthers, who everybody gets there. Tony Pollard scored a touchdown at 6.4. Are you going back to our advice? This is like our one of our DFS mantras. If Derrick Henry is popular in cash, you play him. If he's unpopular, you pay him and play him in tournaments. What do you think he's going to be this week? 
Yeah, so he, just to speak to that game, right, they are three and a half point favorites. So it's not like this massive, uh, you know, they're not like seven point favorites at home. But that's an implied probability that they should win this game. And like you said, it's not just this year. We have a pretty big sample size of Derrick Henry being the, one of the most game script dependent backs in the league. And this is a spot where they can win. And there's not many of those left on their schedule, most likely for the Titans. So I think I'll probably end up playing him in cash. I mean, I know that the guys are going to talk about this on, on Megalodon if you missed it, but um, there's been a bunch of snow in Vermont, dude. And I don't want to fade. I don't want to fade two things, right? I don't want to fade the snow model. And I also don't want to fade the fact that when he's been in a smash spot as a favorite at home, he's done very well against Carolina. So I think he's in play uh, 6,400 for a guy that we know can pop off for a hundred and a score makes a ton of sense. And when you think about this price, we were considering, and I played um, Tony Pollard last week at 6,600 in the same matchup. So a little cheaper matchups. Incredible. I think he's a pretty good play. Yeah. I think it's one of those things too, that like I haven't played Derrick Henry. I mean, other than some random tournaments, I haven't played him at all in DFS this year. And I'm starting to get that itch that it's like, maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe, uh, maybe it's working. So I think Rashad White, Derrick Henry feel really safe. Um, if we get news that Damian Pierce just doesn't want to play football in 2023, because it feels like they're not putting him on IR. He's had the bye week. Is it Devin Singletary again, which I was writing up in my cash review article I played Devin Singletary three weeks in a row in cash. That is not something I thought I'd be saying. <laughs> no. And I remember like back in best ball season too, like he'd be, you know, hanging around in like the 15th round and you're like, ah, I need a fifth running back. Sure. And now I'm like, Ooh, oh baby, here we go. Um, didn't know I was such a big Singletary fan, but now I am apparently. Um, same with you. I played him three weeks in a row and yeah, now he's 6k and it's starting to get to a decision point. You know, when they left him at like 5,300 or whatever, it's like, you just play him. You just play him and you don't think twice. Now it's like, okay, what does the split look like if Pierce is back? Is it 60-40? Is it 70-30? We don't really know. So I think there's just a little more fragility in his projection. But we were already seeing Singletary eat into Damian Pierce's workload before Damian Pierce got injured. So I think certainly he'll lead the backfield. It's just a matter of to what degree. So I think he's interesting. I prefer Rashad White for 100 bucks more. I prefer probably Derrick Henry for $400 more if you're making me kind of tear these guys out. So I'd probably have him right now as far as that range third on the list, but still a pretty strong play against the Jaguars. Yeah, I like the values at running back this week. I mean, we, we're not mentioning Jonathan Taylor, but at 6.9, if you don't want to play Gardner, then they're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't had really the breakout game and the Buccaneers haven't really been the matchup, but who cares? He's a great player. Uh, 6.9. He's really fine. Javante Williams on both sites. I need to mention him. He's 5.7 on DraftKings. 6.4 on FanDuel is probably a better price tag, but only 13 opportunities last week, but Cleveland's actually been gashed the last two weeks against the run. They've given up three rushing touchdowns. Uh, the Ravens got there with Gus Bus, and then Jalen Warren, who we could also talk about on this slate, he had 100 yards against them. So I think Javante is a sneaky, safe floor play if you want to do that this week, I mean, the, the Denver running backs are seeing the highest target share in the NFL. It's 31% for running backs. So that's pretty awesome role. Um, but Jalen Warren, I, I, I went into the site and I did the same thing. You wrote in here, is he too thin? And I was like, man, Cincinnati, it's a great matchup on the ground. They're allowing the highest rate of first downs on opponent rush attempts. And he's only 5.4. So it, is he one of those players that's like you root for him? You want him, but it's like he'll probably just end up being a tournament only play. I think so. I mean, 
this is probably going to be the case moving forward with these Steelers games, but it's a 34-point total. Again, and last week it was like 33 or 33 and a half, taking on Jake Browning um, and the Bengals. So the, the thing is, like, it goes against everything that I want in cash when you talk about opportunities and touches because he is going to keep splitting with Najee Harris. But it's so obvious he's the better running back. So I think he's pretty interesting for tournaments. He probably is a little too thin for me and cash just in the event that it is Najee at the goal line or something like that. But man, they are giving up not just a bunch of first downs, but explosive runs is Cincinnati. They are giving up a ton in terms of, you know, big 10 plus yard runs, 15 plus yard runs. And that's what Jalen Warren is very, very good at. So I think he's more of an interesting tournament play uh, rather than cash play. Speaking of explosive runs, I just need to share that there is a Buffalo chicken dip from Trader Joe's that I do love. <laughs> and it destroyed me yesterday, dude. It, it I mean, it, I Happy like, Thanksgiving. <laughs> like one of those where you text your spouse and say, Hey, I'm going to, it's going to be a minute. I'm dying over here, but man, uh, it is quite good. Shout out to Trader Joe's. You don't have a Trader Joe's. Do you have a Trader Joe's there in Pennsylvania? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. I don't, I don't know where, where that hails from. But uh, great stuff. They're doing great work with their apparently. <laughs> um, okay, let's move to wide receiver because in the same game this week we have AJ Brown, we have Stephon Diggs. Both of those players are coming off of absolute duds this past week. I mean, one catch for AJ Brown. Stephon Diggs hasn't done in the last two weeks. We don't care in DFS. We get to press reset. We get to move forward. They're both awesome. They're both commanding targets. A.J. Brown, highest air yard share in the NFL. It's almost 50% of the teams, which is just wild. So of those two, do you have a preference? I don't because I want to just jam them both in tournaments, in one of them in cash. Like just the answer is yes. This game should be awesome. I I have a feeling we may be hearing a Jason uh, I want this game on the show. I, I at almost some point. wrote that wrote that in the game. Yeah, Should because I? it's it's two teams that are so explosive that can put up you know twenty five of their of their own points. You could see a fifty plus point game here, and I, I want AJ Brown exposure, especially after, like you said, just a complete down week. But really, it was a down week for a lot of the passing game in Philly. It was just that Devonta Smith got there. Jalen Hurts didn't put up a ton of attempts or yards, and we know he certainly can. And then on the other side, of course. I want to bet on Steph Diggs after not just one, but two down weeks, you know, in this spot. So I don't think you should prioritize one or the other. If your salary fits and works with AJ Brown, you can fit him. Great. But if you need to save a little money, Steph Diggs at the top uh, makes a ton of sense to me. The Ram situation is one that we're kind of monitoring with Cooper Cup. If he doesn't play, Puka at 7.6 feels good. But I I, I kind of like Tutu, man. 4.1 in the games where Cup missed. Eight, nine. Nine, nine. Those were his targets in the first month when Cup was out. So those are pretty sweet totals. I do need to throw this out there. I don't know if did you watch that game much this past week? Um, the Rams game. I watched everything because I had Cooper Cup and Cash, and I was just like, please stay on the field. Austin Trammell, I feel like, was the guy they kept throwing to and designing plays for ahead of Puka and ahead of Tutu for a while. It was super frustrating. He's three K. I'm not playing him. But he seems like the type of player that Kyle Borgannoni would mention as some dumb 3K wide receiver in the, um, who was it last week? Kyle Phillips and who could forget Adam Humphreys? Like those are the kind of guys that I usually bring up. Yeah, you're, uh, you're a little off your rocker here, buddy. We're not playing Austin Trammell in DFS, okay? Um, I just wanted to mention his name. <laughs> he did have six targets. 
which at the Stone Mind is certainly not the absolute worst thing in the world. But for me in cash games, I will not be going there. Because his name is Austin Trammell and he doesn't, he sounds like he was in your third period English class. Exactly. Dude, Austin. He was probably making a bunch of trouble in the back too. Just causing a, you know, causing a ruckus back there. I mean, he graduated, like he got through, like, don't get me wrong. Like he did fine. Barely. But, but no one's really heard from him since. Like no one really knows what he's doing. Okay. So 2-2, Puka. I really like Pity City this week. On, on FanDuel, he's 7.6. I wrote him up as my cover boy because I obviously love Pity City. But man, his role in the offense is great. 30% target share. He feels safe. So um, Pity City, Tank Dell, because he's becoming one of our favorite players. He's at 6.9. I think he's just going to keep projecting super well. Um, any other names you want to bring up? Yeah, I'm with you on Pittman. Absolutely love him at this uh, price point in the matchup. And if you don't play, you know, if you don't play Gardner and you want exposure just to the passing game, this is how you get it with Michael Pittman. So I'm with you on that. Um, real quick, it's probably worth mentioning. I don't know if you said it, but you're mentioning 2-2 only if Cooper Cup is ruled out. Correct. 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 Just for everyone to know. And then at the cheap end, Deontay, you know, it's been rough for Pittsburgh. Really, it has been terrible. But this is a guy who we've seen earn eight, nine targets on a routine basis, and now he's below 5K. So Deontay Johnson against the Bengals makes sense to me. Um, and then as well, we need to talk about, talk about the Saints guys with Michael Thomas now on IR. Rashid Shahid is 4,300, taking on the Falcons. And then A.T. Perry is also a name to consider. It was actually A.T. Perry who led the wide receivers in snaps last week. But he feels like a guy that might benefit more if it's Jameis Winston because his touchdown reception came on the most egregious pass of all time from Jameis where he was on the left side of the field, turns around, chucks it like 60 yards across the field to the back corner of the end zone to a jump ball, which is why we love Jameis for fantasy. But like, I don't know if that's repeatable. So A.T. Perry's interesting, but Rashid Shahid at 4,300, man, he's got juice. We know that and he can make big plays. So uh, what are your thoughts on the Saints guys this week? A.T. Perry is he's a funny prospect because he's like you can't really fit him into a lot of categories he's 6 5 205 so like when you do prospect modeling and you you know like compare different players their production and their height it's like man no one's like this dude he's like super thin like anyway so he's just a fun name to throw around and maybe he'll get some more targets but it makes me want to play those two in tournament like Olave or Rashid Shahid I think are better tournament plays than what I want to do in cash because Jameis is just way too volatile to play in, to play in cash. Like super fun, throw them in some tournaments, do whatever you want to do. Um, I'm I know the Falcons are going to lose that game. It's just it's a foregone conclusion. But I think Shahid's too too thin. Deontay Johnson, I I I can't do it, man. I want to. I really want to. And I bet he'll have eight targets again. But I is he going to have two receptions? Because the last two weeks have been booty do and he's 4.9 so i i want to play deontay i just don't see myself going there when like josh downs is 4.8 yeah good call on josh downs we should have brought him up earlier he's he's a great play too yeah so uh those those are kind of the guys the other punt options michael wilson is 3.2 if he's active you can consider him justin watson is apparently the greatest athlete of all time because he got 11 targets he's still the stone men so I'm not telling you to do it, but also, you know, if he sees five targets at 3K, he could work in a tournament more. But those are the kind of the cheap options. Any last thoughts on wide receiver? 
No, I think we hit on uh, kind of the top plays there for sure. Okay, I'm going to say something I haven't said the entire year. I really like the tight ends this week. Oh, talk to me. I, Evan Ingram, 4.2, great buy low spot. Okay, he doesn't have a touchdown yet, despite having 71 targets. And fun fact, did you know that Evan Ingram leads? I mean, I've been up all night <laughs> looking at this <laughs> stuff. Lots of coffee people. Do you know he leads the Jaguars in targets versus zone coverage? Wow, that's so interesting. Are, so are we fading? Are we fading okay. Ridley and uh, Christian Kirk then? I couldn't tell with your tone if you're like, <laughs> if you're like that's not interesting, and you're just like, wow, that's great, Kyle. Cool. I could tell. <laughs> I could tell you probably at some point last night were like on a super important task, and then all of a sudden you found like one thing on Twitter or like just one little note, and you're like, oh yeah, let me see a splits versus man. And you're just you're just you know in there typing it up, trying to figure it out before you know it, it's two in the morning. <laughs> I, I do, I've squirreled in some really weird directions, you know. So Christian Kirk is more of the zone buster, um, but Ingram's been getting targets. So he's interesting. Njoku at 4.1 is a great price tag for a guy who saw 15 targets last week. So DTR likes him in the best matchup against tight ends for Denver. So he's great for his price point. I think this week you're going to have to pay in the 4K range. Like I don't love the pun options. Yeah, same. And you don't even mention T McBee who's been our boy. Uh, obviously, last week was a quote-unquote down game for him, but it's tight ends and that happens, but he still was fine, right? Like, He's, that was still fine for He led the team cash. in targets with Exactly. Dorch. His role is still so, so good. Uh, 4,700. You mentioned Denver being the matchup for tight ends. The Rams also have just been destroyed by tight ends this year. And I actually like that game environment uh, quite a bit. It's about the third highest total on the slate the Cardinals and Rams game does. So, yeah, again, great options, whether it's T. McBee, Ingram and Joku, you can kind of pick your favorite 4K guy and, and see what works for your salary as far as what you have left. But I would rank those guys pretty similarly, even adjusting for cost. So like don't stress, you know, I would say let that be right. one of the final pieces of your of your lineup. Correct. Travis Kelsey at 8.2 feels a little cost prohibitive when you think about the Chiefs are they're just not rolling right now. Like, I don't know, like I know you had some fandom in the game. You were obviously biased, but like the Chiefs are averaging 22 and a half points per game. They've hit their over twice this year. I don't know if Kelsey's like necessary. I also have a long track record of fading that man, him burying me. So tournaments, he's interesting if the field's going to play a bunch of 4K guys, but needed to mention Kelsey on FanDuel. He's 8.3. So that's a good tag for him there. And then defense this week, you can punt with the Texans if you want. 2.6 2.6 on DraftKings, 3.3 on FanDuel, which is awesome. Don't forget, the Texans beat the Jaguars handily earlier in the year. It was like 37-17, so they're my favorite punt option. Um, The Chiefs, dude. This defense is great. They have been top five in EPA, in yards per play allowed, in points per play allowed, and we saw them keep the Eagles in check, which really not many teams have been able to do for the last two years. So um, now they get Aiden O'Connell. And you mentioned some of the concerns about the offense. It's because the defense is so good that they can kind of win games, you know, um, 24 to 14 on a weekly basis and feel pretty comfortable about it. So I think the Chiefs are an absolute slam dunk at 3,100 if you can make it work, um, especially coming off of a loss. Love betting on that. And then I also throw out, too, if it is Jameis Winston, the Falcons at 2,900 are interesting to me just with how we've seen Jameis play over the years. Yeah, so what if I told you Aiden O'Connell leads the league in INT rate right now? 
In a good way or a bad way? In a bad way. Okay, we should play the Chiefs. I, I think it's the Chiefs or the Texans for me. And I don't love 3.1, but the fact that they've been playing out of their mind makes them a, a great Dude, play. they're one of the best let's defenses take, in the league. Why not? Um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get our, our bearings back, because I feel like I'm about to fall off my rocker. I also just got sent, I mean, when you get sent a deal from one of your friends, you got to talk about it here. Everyone loves a good deal. What if I told you there are some Adidas shoes at Costco right now, $9.99, and they are just like the fitted kind that you can wear working out. $10, people. Go get them right now. I'm, I'm wow. Is that the Slate Breaker sponsor this week? Uh, no, I have a better Slate Breaker, but I, I'm going to send you these shoes, man, because my friend sent them to me, friend John, shout out, and... I don't know if I could ever find a better deal than that. $10? What is Costco doing? Should we post the link in Discord? (laughs) Maybe I need to. Look at these (laughs) shoes. Let me pull it up. I mean, it's... it's, Oh, those are nice. I know. 10 bucks? Would you wear those for $10? I would certainly. I would wear it for 20. I mean, we're going places. Stack attack. You know what it's like when you stay up a little late and then everything's a little loopy. You're with me, people. We're, we're together. Um, first game, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. First game we're going to preview. The Jaguars are one and a half point road favorites. And the winner of this game takes control of the AFC South, which is just wild. I mean, Houston already holds a tiebreaker. And the over-under is at 48 and a half. So this is the uh, tied for the highest total as of right now of the entire week. CJ Stroud is slaying he has the most 20 plus yard pass plays in the nfl he's leading the league in yards per game and he's one of our favorites so are you looking at this game from a i'm stacking the texans side the passing side because it's still relatively cheap i mean stroud's expensive but like dell's not schultz is not and then bringing it back with the jacksonville player that's how i want to play it yeah i want to lead into stroud here and really i think when you see the price, especially on DraftKings, you get a little sticker shock. You're like, ah, 7,700, you know, for a rookie quarterback, I can just spend five, 600 bucks more and I can just get Jalen Hurts. I can just get Josh Allen, which, I mean, I, I see the path for that. But if CJ Stroud hits a ceiling, which he has done, he can pay off this tag. So I think he's super interesting for tournaments. I think he's too expensive for cash games. But, you know, Houston, since week six, is fourth in EPA per dropback. The offensive line has played very well. They're eighth in ESPN's uh, pass block win rate. Meanwhile, Jacksonville is 29th in PFF's pass rush grade and 17th in pass rush win rate. So on paper, we should see a clean pocket for CJ Stroud. And he's destroyed from a clean pocket this year. So I like it because I think people feel like it's too expensive. But they're at home. It's got one of the highest totals, like you said, or the highest total on the slate. And it's kind of clear where the ball goes. Like I think you want to stack them with, with Tank Dell. And then you can pick, you know, your second favorite option, whether it's Dalton Schultz uh, or Nico Collins, who, by the way, had 11 targets last week. So there's a lot of ways you can get there uh, with C.J. Stroud. I really like him for tournaments. Yeah, perimeter wide receivers are killing the Jaguars. And Tank Dell profiles as a slot guy, but he's running 70% of his routes out wide. So we love that. Um, Battle of the Tanks, by the way. Tank Dell, Tank Bigsby. I have a dynasty team with both tanks on them. One of those tanks is doing better than the other. Oh, man, Tank Bigsby, dude. <laughs> Tank Bigsby has been so irrelevant this this year, but next year probably means he's getting some carries. Um, 
Trevor Lawrence balled out last week, had four touchdowns, and he's still relatively cheap. So I, I understand the appeal of double stacking Trevor Lawrence this week. I already mentioned how much I love Evan Ingram, love the matchup, the price, the expected points model says he's great. So I I feel like this is a Trevor Lawrence double stack. If you're going to use that side with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, that's my preferred method. But I then, it, then I look at Travis Etienne, I'm like, he's underperformed too the last two weeks. And I feel like he's in a good spot. Yeah, on Ingram, if he's popular, I've been doing this in tournaments for the year. Like if he's popular, I'm going to hopefully fade him and just one of these times he's going to catch a touchdown, right? But I don't know when that's going to be. This certainly is the matchup. But dude, his eight out is four and a half yards away from the line of scrimmage. He needs volume to pay that off. And now that Zay Jones is back, Ridley isn't merged again. Christian Kirk, by the way, is still very good. So like, I don't know, man. If he's popular, I'll probably end up fading him. I actually don't have a ton of interest in Lawrence stacks this week, personally, which seems you know counterintuitive given the game environment. But um, Houston's pass rush has been very good. They just got back Derek Stingley a couple weeks ago, too. So like things are trending in the right direction for Houston to defend them well. I think Travis Etienne is super interesting. Um, over the last six weeks, Houston is 20th in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So it's interesting. The tricky thing is it's a very difficult matchup as far as just running the ball. Houston's allowing just three and a half yards per carry this season. So they've been pretty good at stopping the run. But we know Etienne is explosive. He can pop off anytime he gets volume. So I think what everyone just saw last week was, oh, Ridley's back. Lawrence is back running in two touchdowns. I kind of want to fade that and go to ETN if I'm playing a Stroud stack on the other side. I, I, I'm looking at this game and I'm trying to compare how the field will approach it compared to the Philly Buffalo game, which we'll talk about. And it's just, you get better value here. So I can see a scenario where people are double stacking with one of the quarterbacks, bringing it back and then adding AJ Brown or Diggs from the other game. I feel like that's going to be a common construction but you're right, CJ Stroud's expensive. You take Dell when you add him in as well. Like you can compare those stacks and the price and what they need to do. And that's what I would just encourage you. Like in our projections, is this player going to 4X? Like if if Stroud and Tank Dell don't give you 50 combined points at least, they're probably not worth it. Like if they're not 25 and 25, I don't think you can get there in a tournament knowing that there's Hertz and Allen who have 30 plus point upside. So that's just something I want to bring in mind. Any other takes on this game? Uh, we just need to keep monitoring Noah Brown. His status is important on this slate. So just the goat and, and, and projections will adjust as we get that news, but just monitor that. Obviously if he's in, it makes it a little less uh, clean as far as the stacks. I will take, I will take the over in this game. It is interesting. This opened at, I think, 46 or 46 and a half, and it got bet up by a couple points. So I'm, I'm, I like the over. I think Houston pulled off the upset here, relatively speaking. It's a one and a half spread, so it's not really a big upset, but give me Houston money line at plus money. All right, next game is the Buffalo Bills at the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seed in the NFC. Big win on Monday night. I mean, how did you feel as a fan that game? Because it was... It was stressful in the first half. Yeah, I thought they were going to lose, truthfully. Um, they just couldn't because get anything Jaylen going. Jalen Hurts had z- what? I mean, I know we're talking fantasy, but he had what? Zero fantasy points? I Yeah, and I had... I'm in a couple um, guillotine leagues, which if you've never played those, they're super fun. Basically, like the lowest score each week just gets cut out of the league and you just have to advance. I was like, man, I need Hurts here. <laughs> I really need Hurts. So I was stressed about that, but I also thought, like I said, Casey played very well and they really uh, stifled the Eagles. So I was very nervous. 
but they turned it around. This game's interesting because it's in the late window and we know it's going to carry a lot of roster percentage. So based on what you do early on in tournaments, you can swap off of more popular plays. We know that AJ Brown's going to be popular. Dick's going to be popular. The quarterbacks are going to be popular. And I think Dalton Kincaid's going to be a play that people want to play as well. He's relatively cheap, um, only 5.3. So what are you doing with the quarterbacks? Because Jalen Hurts is somebody that we are okay skinny stacking because he has the equity on the ground and he's getting more design rush attempts. So is it just Hurts and Brown or Hurts and Smith? Is that how you're approaching it? I think so because it's kind of cost prohibitive to some degree, especially if you are playing Hurts and you're playing A.J. Brown. For A.J. Brown to get there in a tournament, he has to have a great game. And just this year, we haven't seen A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith put up ceiling performances together. Now, last year, we did see that on occasion, but at 7,100 for Devonta Smith, it's not like he's cheap, right? It's not like you're playing an 8K guy and a 5K guy. Like you, Both these guys have to have a huge game to pay it off with Jalen Hurts, who probably is going to get a touch push into the, into the end zone, right? So like, it just makes it very difficult to get there uh, salary-wise. I think that that combination is sort of interesting in a super small field, but for large field stuff, I would just uh, skinny stack it with one of Brown or Devonta Smith. The running backs, I think, are the interesting point here because DeAndre Swift is appropriately priced at 6.8. Like, I think that's a fine price. Buffalo ranks 25th in scheduled adjusted fantasy points over the last six weeks. He's third. I mean, I was looking at this matchup earlier. Do you know that Swift is third in the NFL in rush, rushing yards for running backs? And James Cook, on the other side, is fourth in the NFL. So, it like, these running backs have some value here if you don't want to stack them, like I'm not stacking either of them with Hertz or Allen. I don't think that makes, unless this game goes way off and you say, I want Hertz, Swift and AJ Brown. But I, I just, I think that there's not enough involvement and both of these quarterbacks have goal line roles. So I think they're more like wipeout picks or many correlations like Swift and Diggs or James Cook and AJ Brown. That's how I'm approaching them. Yeah, I like your call on Swift there. Buffalo 25th and scheduled us to points over the last six weeks to running backs. So, um, and, and Swift's played very well. Clearly, he's the guy for this team. So I like Swift, not as part of Jalen Hurts' stacks, but like you said, on the, a bring back from a Josh Allen stack, or just like you said, you go contrary and you say the game hits the under and you get out of there with just one of the backs. As far as James Cook, I can't get there, man. Um, Latavius Murray played 24 snaps last week. Ty Johnson mixed in for 14 snaps. And Cook's routes run um over the last couple of weeks really have fallen off over the last two weeks it's been 13 and 9 in the two prior weeks 20 and 28 so like now he's part of a three-way committee and you know i know zay pacheco looked good monday night but we have a pretty big sample of philly being great against the run so i'm not going to play james cook this week which means he'll probably bury me um so that's where i'm at on the running backs i will also mention i think devonta smith is so interesting just as far as how often the field's going to play him versus aj brown um we have a decent sample now, not just this past week, but going back to last year without Dallas Goddard, he's had eight plus games in every single one of those, every single one of those games. So I think he's really fun as in a tournament play, uh, especially like I said, with Hertz or as a bring back. So on the Buffalo side, the reason why I'm pretty bullish on Josh Allen is you get the rushing, you know, design runs the scrambles, everything else that we like, but teams have to throw against Philadelphia, right? A 70% pass rate is number one in the NFL. And I did a little deep dive last night. What if I told you that that would be the highest rate 
ever for a defense to give up or like to face. So like, it's not just that you can't run the ball effectively, although Pacheco was fine. It's that you want to throw against Philadelphia. They're giving up the most wide receiver yards, the most catches. So Stephon Diggs is a great buy low. And I'm going to say it, Gabe the Babe needs to be in your tournament pool if you're looking at this game because of the pure opportunities. Just there are chances for him to catch. I know he goosed last week. I get it. Don't care in DFS. Don't care in large field tournaments. He has still touchdown equity with one of the best quarterbacks. So Josh Allen, I'm fine double stacking. Um, Khalil Shakir is a fun dart throw. I think people will try to chase last week in that long touchdown. His routes are still not fully there. He's getting the snaps, but Gabe Davis at least is on the field the most on this team. And Gabe Davis recently feels like just, you know, if you have him in your season long league, if you have him in best ball, it's like, man, this dude, like you're just frustrated, right? But as you always remind us, it's a one game slate. Just forget the last couple weeks. He's going to be on the field every play. He's going to run a ton of routes. And actually, his target share over the last few weeks relative to his you know previous samples, so if you look at like weeks one through six or seven and kind of split it up that way, it's really not that much different. It just feels so much worse because we've had two games where it's been a dud. So I think Gabe Davis is it's gross. It's not going to project well. But for large field, no one is going to play him. And this is a game environment we like. So if you want to get nasty, uh, Gabe Davis is interesting. Yeah, let's get nuts. Who cares? You know, flush money down the toilet with Gabe Davis. I do it every year. Why not more? <laughs> <laughs> hey, but one time, Gabe Davis was your hero in the playoffs. Dude, and think about how much money I'm going to save with these new sneakers from Costco. Not a sponsor, but could be a sponsor. Uh, yeah, Gabe Davis won you a tournament, right? Oh, in the playoffs. Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah, this is four touchdown games. So he, he's, he's, he's goaded. Um, but yeah, Stephon Diggs is a great play. We might be talking about him a little bit later, especially after going quiet. I will take the Bills plus three and a half. Yeah, more than a field goal, I'm with you. Um, real quick, we didn't we didn't really mention it. You mentioned kind of a passing, like Dalton Kincaid might be a good play or whatever. I think Dalton Kincaid's an awesome play, especially if people are playing Ingram, McBride, and Njoku. Njoku, yeah. You pay up a little bit. Philly's, you know, getting, getting crushed here a little bit against tight ends, and he's been the dude, and he has hurt Gabe Davis. So for me, if you're playing a Josh Allen stack, I would not play Gabe Davis with uh, Dalton Kincaid. Okay. But you, would you take the three and a half points? I would. All right. Last game we're going to talk about here. Tampa Bay at Indianapolis because Indianapolis games this year are averaging home games, 57 points. So that's good. Combined points. We like that. Um, the quarterbacks, we wouldn't say are good, but they're cheap enough. And we've seen before, there are weeks where games go off like this Tampa Bay team against the Texans a couple weeks ago. Both the quarterbacks were cheap. All you needed to do was double stack. You know, all you needed to do to win a tournament was just double stack and you were totally fine. So if you wanted to Baker double stack with White and Evans, if you wanted to Gardner double stack, you could do that. I just think Jonathan Taylor could wreck this game. That's the only thing I worry about. Like from a pace standpoint, he could ruin the whole thing. So I like Jonathan Taylor a lot, even as a one-off. If you just want to play him and, you know, you're getting away from Rashad White, who's probably going to be chalk, that's a way to do it. But um, how are you approaching this game? Yeah, on the indie side, I'm with you as far as Jonathan Taylor. I think he's a really, really strong tournament play because, I mean, on paper, it's not a good spot. But over the last three weeks, the snap shares have been 61%, 75 
89%. Now they come out of their bye week. And in that same sample, the rush attempt share went all the way up to 88%. So Zach Moss is just not involved at all. And oh, by the way, he's adding an 11% target share, which is a very strong number for a running back over the last three games. So to me, this is a fade matchup and just bet on an explosion game. Jonathan Taylor, I think it was uh, two years ago. I remember against the Bills. The Bills. It was like five, one of those ones where it's like, oh, you can't play Jonathan Taylor. The Bills are five dominant. Five touchdowns, right? Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm also saying it's not, not going to happen, Kyle, <laughs> in this spot. So I'm fading matchup. I'm going to play some Taylor in tournaments and just chase the ceiling. Uh, and I hope you, you know, you're know you're right on that one. But um, as far as the pass attempts for Gardner, I have some concerns because in games where the score has been close or they have won and they are favored by two and a half points here, he's only had 23, 26, and 28 pass attempts. And Gardner is not just this efficient monster. Like those are Brock Purdy pass attempts, but Purdy is efficient with his guys. Gardner to me feels like a somewhat decent fade where he might get just way too popular because of the matchup. So I'm a little lower on stacks in general. I mentioned I like Michael Pittman for cash, and I think that's fine, but I'm lower on Gardner, I think, than market uh, this week. Yeah, he's probably a cash-only play, knowing the other two elite quarterbacks that are on this slate that can just totally break it. But I, I, I like Baker in tournaments. I think Baker can get there. Chris Godwin's really hard to to click the button for because his ceiling feels like it's 17 points. Like It just doesn't feel like you can really get there. But... um. Mike Evans, you can play him whenever. So to me, I'm I'm thinking about this more as a correlation play in tournaments. Taylor Evans, White Pittman, White Downs, those kind of combinations. Um, yeah, I'm with like- you. And I agree on Chris Godwin, man. The ceiling just hasn't been there. And I mean, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Adam Thielen and you faded him because you're like, man, you know, he's not that great against zone. And the slot is actually where Indy's been pretty good. They've actually been destroyed on the perimeter. So on paper, it is more of a Mike Evans spot than Chris Goblin. Look at that football take from you, man. You Hand just, in the dirt, baby. Just, uh, you know, that three-point stance, like you're ready to attack. Coach, I need a breather. You know, whatever, whatever <laughs> One play in. Uh, can I just shout out Kate Otten as one of the true cardio kings of this year? 97% of the snaps on the year. And I'm just proud of him for staying with the role. And I remember this summer we talked about him in best ball. Like, ah, you could punt with Kate Otten. I think he's had like two or three weeks. So just proud of him for just staying relevant. And that we looked at that depth chart and said, this guy's going to run a ton of routes. So in your routes, run league, he's awesome. I also love, he doesn't wear gloves. So he just looks like he should be out there, you know, in like 1995. I think he's got the tape on his fingers. Like just, he's he's Mike Allstott, you know, former Buccaneer great. Like he's just, that's a throwback right there. Dude, kids don't know about Mike Allstott these days. They're no. like, oh, have you seen Derrick Henry? He's like, no, dude. Have you seen Mike Allstott? Fullback used to do it I think it's Allstott. No, it's Allstott. <laughs> I don't think so. Dude, I would bet my house on it. Mike oh, Allstott. Oh, wow. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I would. I feel more confident of this than most things. My, oh, Mike Allstott. You're right. Okay, I apologize. You're right. I've been saying it wrong my entire life. hey oh. Kyle got me. He just dunked right on me. I was 99% sure 1% was, man, I'm, I haven't slept very much. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I was, I was, I knew I was sure. Um, I would take, I think I would take Indianapolis in this game. Minus two and a half. I am also going to take Indy. All right. Let's talk about a couple of stacks and correlation plays. We didn't talk about these games. I think Kansas city onslaught stacks this week. They're against the Raiders. They're favorites. Duh. But I, I feel like they're going to go under the radar because we saw on Monday night, just didn't really work. Chiefs games haven't really hit the over. But Patrick Mahomes, 
coming off a loss in his career, which I don't know if those stats always matter because is whatever, but to give you some numbers, 15 and three, he's averaging 287 and two and a half touchdowns coming off a loss in his career. And he's always been better on the road. So uh, I think a Patrick Mahomes double stack with Kelsey and whoever the other player is, is going to go way under roster this week. And I just want to throw it out there as like, a, if you want to get contrarian, they're a way to do it. He's also running a ton this year is Pat Mahomes. He's uh, fifth in the league in rushing yards among all quarterbacks. So you're getting that, you know, extra 25, 30 ish yards on a weekly basis. So we didn't even talk about Mahomes at all, right? Like he kind of feels like he could get uh, lost on the slate a little bit. So he's interesting. I agree with you. Also throw out two uh, Rams and Cardinals. Many correlations to me I'm into. It's a one point spread. This game is a 44 and a half total, which is the third highest on the main slate. And I have con- you know concerns about just maybe what roster percentage looks like between guys like Puka or Tutu. If uh, you know Cooper Cup is out, those guys will get very popular. You could get Kyron Williams if we get a full bill of health against a terrible Cardinals run defense. And he's not cash viable to me because we don't really know how he'll look off injury and or if the role is going to be the exact same as it was before injury. Remember, Sean McVay was like killing this kid, having him return punts and play 98% of the snaps, like just unreal. And he was seeing every touch in the backfield. So that's in the range of outcomes. And if that yes. is possible, I want to chase that in a matchup and tournament. So he is an interesting uh, you know, guy to monitor on this slate as well. I, and I just want to reiterate one more player you mentioned in cash, but Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave, if it's Jameis, sweet. Like it, it, it could really work out the Falcons over the last five weeks. They're dead last in schedule adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. So Will Levis, remember? Remember Will Levis? Four touchdown game. Uh, was chucking it deep. Josh Dobbs had three touchdowns. Kyler was good two weeks ago. So I think that there can be success. And Olave saw 36% of Jameis targets. Like Jameis could complete 40% of, of his passes, but like for 250 yards. I'm laughing, dude. Why? <laughs> I, saw, I saw your research for your slate breaker and I just started laughing. It, it, <laughs> Speaking of, let's, let's, get uh, let's get into a great segment here. Um, this slate breaker this week is brought to you by Blockbuster Video, which I went down a little, little uh, nostalgic train explaining to my kids uh, Blockbuster Video what it was, that it was, you know, one of the ones that I went to growing up was attached to the Kroger, you know, our grocery store. And so, you know, your parents going to a certain part and you say, hey, I'm going to go to Blockbuster and you'll be able to check that out while your parents get the groceries. It was a great feeling, a great feeling to be able to rent movies, but more importantly, video games on my Super Nintendo. Um, So shout out to Blockbuster. Um, You, you, you shine very bright and you lost that on a giant opportunity with Netflix. So Betts, I will let you go first. Yes. We talked about this game in detail between Buffalo and and philly and doesn't it just feel like the shine of steph diggs is gone it's like man four five six weeks ago it's like this guy could win offensive player of the year this guy could lead the league in catches now no one's like yeah he's fine josh allen's falling off a little bit whatever 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 steph diggs breaks the slate this week dude i went back and looked in the last couple years when he has had a down stretch so two plus games of finishing outside the top 36 in season-long leagues, which, by the way, back-to-back weeks, he's been the wide receiver 56 and wide receiver 57. In those situations, here are the stat lines in the following game. So the first game after his kind of downstretch. 
8, 111, 0, but on 12 targets. 8, 102, 1 on 11 targets. 7, 104, 1 on 10 targets. And you're telling me we get a Philly defense that's allowed the most wide receiver yards and catches in the league? Step digs, breaks the slate, baby. I love this pick. I, I think this might be my favorite slate breaker we've talked about the entire year. Like I Diggs is. Diggs. I, I I'm also saying that as a Diggs Josh Allen dynasty stack manager, but it, it makes a lot of sense to go right back to him and the matchup's great. So I, I love that one. I will want to bring up for my slate breaker, Derek Henry, the Yeti, and just bring up a really simple point. The weather is a change in my friends. Things are changing. Every running back gets there against Carolina. Even Tony Pollard, even sweet, sweet Tony Pollard got in the end zone last week for bets in his cash lineup. The Panthers rank 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. You could just log out there and say, play Derrick Henry, good matchup. And Titans wins this year, 18 fantasy points per game, 23 rush attempts. It's going to get, but the most important thing to this show is the snow model, something that bets developed years ago through countless hours of research, grinding, tons of weather reports, and he found out a very strong correlation that when it is snowing in Vermont, Derrick Henry goes off. And I feel like the model, we haven't really gotten to use it much this year, correct? We got some issues, dude. Global warming, and they haven't been good. But it is dumping snow in Vermont, and the matchup is there. So imagine fading the snow model after years of it padding our bankrolls. It couldn't be me, Kyle. Couldn't be me. No, when I'm looking at the weather report right now, 2.4 inches in Stowe last night, you know, three and a half in Springfield. Heck, even Brattleboro got 3.7. Yeah, they did. (laughs) I just picked random spots on the map. (laughs) Which is is what I'm laughing at. And for those that are newer to the show, uh, thank you for listening. I used to live in Vermont, which is how this got developed. And I noticed just kind of laughing to myself i'm like man it is it snowed and derrick henry went off okay it snowed again and derrick henry went off and there was like a six seven eight week kind of stretch where it just kept hitting this is what i'm thinking about shoveling my driveway with a foot of snow um and which is funny now that you pick these just random towns which made me really laugh vermont is such a small well it's a smaller state relative to the you know population but some of these spots that you picked the population is so small except for stowe uh, that it made me giggle, which is what I was laughing at in our last segment when I was looking at the fact that you researched Brattleboro, Vermont, got 3.7 inches of snow. So shout out to Brattleboro, shout out to Vermont, shout out to the snow model. So one of my favorite parts of creating, we're, we're closing the show down, but one of my favorite parts of creating the show doc for the footballers, it's my favorite part of my job, is that Jason Moore will Ron Burgundy anything. Like he anything you write down, he will he will go into it, okay? And there are certain segments that will go unnamed on that show that I write and that Jason will just read it for fun. Won't say the name of the, the, the segment, but Jason will just read it. And I guarantee you that on the he will give a full weather report on the show. And I hope he mentions Brattleboro, uh, Vermont. Also, if you have ever been to Brattleboro, Vermont, or if we get a live photo from some listener who is there i will send you a t-shirt take a picture of yourself outside in the snow is that what you're talking about yes but i need to i need like visual proof that you are in brattleboro vermont like a newspaper pointing to a sign like how many people live in this place not many okay so um 
Do you think we'll get a listener? Some listeners like, honey, I'm missing Thanksgiving. I'm driving. Dude, people also go up, you know, it's it's iffy this time of year, but sometimes the mountains are open for skiing and snowboarding, depending on how much snow they've gotten early. So it's possible people are up there for Thanksgiving, up on a little trip to to go skiing. So you never know. Uh, you know, I was looking at the weather reports and some of them are open for snow. I, I hate that I know this information, but uh, it was... Uh, it's time to it close the show. <laughs> All right. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It's going to direct you to our DraftKings League, Fantasy for Ballers DFS, Borg and Bets. We have some great contests coming up. We've got a main slate. We got we got some fun ones. Ravens Chargers. Heck, Bets, let's open up a contest for Ravens Chargers only, just so I can play the people and get hurt. And you know Keenan Allen's in my lineup. Guaranteed, ready to get Captain. hurt. Dare you to fade him against me. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for the show. Tell the people bye. Yes, sir. Uh, fun episode. Fun week of football. Enjoy it. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Happy Thanksgiving from our family to yours. Good luck this weekend. Get some cash. And um, don't forget Brattleboro, Vermont. Let's go. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.